Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm particularly delighted today to be joined by Matters Inon. He is an award-winning... Uh, Israeli social entrepreneur. Uh, he's also a peace activist. But Matos speaks from a very particular vantage point because during the horrors of October 7th, both of his wonderful parents were killed. But he's now speaking out for peace. I have to say, I'm in awe of you, Matos. It's a huge honour to be joined by you. Uh, so firstly, firstly, my love and solidarity to you. I can't even imagine... To begin to know what you've gone through. Um, but it's a huge honor to be able to speak to you. Yeah. So Owen, really thanks for uh, inviting me. We've been following each other on the uh, social media for quite like for a few weeks or months, but uh, since October the 7th. And I think this, uh, uh, our dialogue on conversation so far contributed a lot to me and doing your perspective and your voice. And I'm, uh, I'm thankful for you for letting me uh, sharing uh, my voice with you and with your audience. So thanks. Well, it's the least I can do, to be honest. Um, firstly, if it's okay, could you tell me a bit about your parents? Sure. Uh, my parents, Jacobi and Bila, uh, they were both been born in a kibbutzim in the Negev. Uh, not too far from Gaza, not too far from each other, Kibbutz Niram and Kibbutz Ruhama. They're both parents, my grandparents, immigrate to Palestine under the British mandators, mandatory as a Zionist uh, pioneers founding uh, those two kibbutzim. When my parents uh, got married, they moved to live in Niram, my father kibbutz, about uh, kilometer and a half, two kilometers from the Gaza border, where they raised my three sisters, my brother and myself. At the age of 14, we moved to Netiva Asara, which is the closest Israeli community to the Gaza border on the north side. Uh, my father was a farmer and agronomist consultant. Even though he was 78, he was working full time, traveling from north to south. He was probably number one expert in Israel in terms of uh, 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 wheat, corn, sunflower, water, watermelon, chickpeas, and, and other uh, crops. He was very active, practicing Pilates, walking five kilometers a day. And my mom uh, was an artist uh, and also educator, and she educate uh, 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 how to uh, uh, educate for a kindergarten uh, staff and a, a primary school teacher, education by art. And she was very talented. And in the last uh, 10, 12 years, she was painting mandala, like, like circles. It was in circles. And uh, she was very active and painting a lot. And she had a group groups of uh, children, youth, elder, adults, and elderly that came uh, to 
to study with her mandala and she was also very active practicing uh, yoga swimming for an hour every day they were both uh, loving and supporting parents for my sister my brother and myself and very involved grand grandparents they had 11 grandchildren from the age of 19 till the age of one year uh, eight are living in Israel three living in London with my brother uh, and we miss them a lot we just miss them a lot um also, the seventh was a huge trauma, obviously, for people in Israel and beyond. But obviously, particularly a key trauma for yourself. Losing two parents in those circumstances is something most people will find hard to imagine. And you can't. You can, it's not hard. I, I tell you now, after being through it, you cannot imagine. It's something that is behind uh, imagination. Uh, you can't happen, imagine anything like this happening to you or to anyone you know. And... After it, and you you cannot imagine or know how you will react. It you cannot be prepared. You cannot be prepared to such a strategy. I mean, only tell us what you're comfortable with. But can you tell us how you found out and and what your what your response was? Um, yeah, I uh, I was I, I woke up in the room we are speaking from my bedroom in uh, Benyamina. Uh, the house that I share with my with Lomit, my wife and partner for the last 28 years, as and with our three children, uh, the boys Liad and Dor, 18 and 16, and our daughter Eden. Waking up Saturday morning, I uh, saw the uh, the WhatsApp group in the family WhatsApp group that my dad uh, sent that there are sirens, alarms, shooting missiles. And they, are, they lock the house and they are uh, in the safe room. And it was 7.30 when I saw it. Crazy as it might sound, it's normal. Every few months, there is another clash between Israel and, and Gaza. So I said, okay, it's uh, another of those mornings. So I went down to make coffee uh, for my wife and for myself. And while making coffee, I watch on the news that there are there is a Hamas invasion to the Israeli communities. This is something that I know I don't remember and it's not normal. So I called my dad at 7:40 and he told me exactly what he wrote on the WhatsApp group. And I could hear my mom in the background. So I told my dad, send my life to mom and my life to you. And well, be safe, stay safe. Uh, let's talk again soon. Keep watching the news. And with the uh, Hamas Toyota cars, trucks in the road, and the uh, wall is being fallen, and Hamas uh, entering the communities. I called my dad again, just five minutes after, then 7.45. Uh, but this time there was no answer. Uh, so I called my sisters, my brother who lives in London. We tried to reach them. We hope. Uh, that it's a, a electricity breakdown or cellular network that uh, went down. We try to contact their neighbors uh, and we said it's better that we'll be together. Uh, so we group uh, at uh, my sister house, which is not far from Binyamina, where I'm speaking uh, from now. And we group and we're on, in, on, on the phone with my brother in London all the time, still trying to reach everyone. And at uh, about 5.30 in the afternoon, 
the security um, officer of the Tiva Sara, the uh, my parents' community, talked to my brother-in-law, and he told us that he found my uh, parents' house burned to ashes with two bodies inside. It's very, very difficult to know even what to say. I mean, the horror that you and your your family went through that day um, is is something, as I said, people, I think most people feel huge empathy and and, and love and, and solidarity, but it's, it's difficult to imagine what that was actually for like for you. It's, it, it's not, and, and also with I, uh, 18 other members of the community, brothers, families that uh, were murdered, and many of my uh, primary school, high school friends that still living in the area, in Faraza, in Be'eri, uh, that were also among the victims or their parents or their children or, or they were uh, kidnapped. So it's uh, not just a family, personal or family tragedy, it's a, commun a community tragedy. So it was devastating. Uh, and we've decided we're going to start the Shiva. It's the Jewish uh, way of mourning that for seven days you are mourning your, uh, your, your dead. And uh, again, my brother came Sunday morning. So we were the five brothers and sisters with the eight uh, grown-up uh, grandchildren. Thousands of friends, family of my parents, of us that came to pay their condolences. And it was very intensive, including uh, survivors from those communities, including other uh, friends that lost family members um, on October the 7th. It was very, very intense. And uh, every morning we open in a gathering that the, just the, the children and at the evening we're doing a gathering with the grandchildren. And I think it was the first or second morning that we said, we want our strategy to have a political message. It's not uh, uh, just about us. We must make a political message and create a political agenda from our strategy. And the first message we wanted to, um, to share or to amplify is that we are not calling for revenge. We are not calling for a revenge. We are not seeking a revenge. And uh, we are calling for reconciliation. And, uh, and from that, we kept talking and talking. And, uh, and we have been agreeing on most of the messages we are sending as a family. Uh, some not. But the, the, the general message of the Inon family is that revenge is not the answer. On that, that point you made about the R word, I suppose, revenge. And um, there are many people listening or watching this who may be very passionately opposed to the horrors now currently taking place, but they might listen and think, you know what, if two of my parents were killed in that manner, I might seek revenge. We don't know, all of us, quite how we'd respond in those circumstances. And there are many people, of course, in Israel who didn't lose both their parents who, who did call for revenge. So I'm just wondering, what was it about you and and other other of your loved ones? What do you think it was that made you come to that different conclusion? Because that 
in the current atmosphere is actually something which distinguishes you from many, many people who, as I've said, may have lost people, but many people who didn't even lose people or people maybe as close to them as, as losing two parents, certainly. So what, I mean, how would you explain that? What was the kind of the, the reason for how you got to that point? It's, it's starting with the uh, way we were raised, that my parents educated us to judge uh, each and every person by his action not by his religion, race, color, uh, if he's rich or, or poor or his occupation. Judge anyone by his action. Uh, so this is something very, very fundamental in the way we're singing. And also my father was a very realistic person. So what will be the outcome of the revenge? So if, uh, if we will revenge and will kill an innocent parents in Gaza, so their children would want to revenge in return. So this cycle of revenge has been going on for over a century. And we are calling to stop this cycle. We are calling to stop the bloodshed. We are calling to choose humanity and hope and not whose, which side has more victims, which side started it, and uh, which side is to blame. And uh, and those messages and through talking between ourselves and between others, uh, we are making I making this message uh, more accurate as as the days goes and the weeks pass and the months more and more accurate. And I I can what I can tell you is that I I'm not alone. There are so many so many Israelis and Palestinians that are calling to stop the revenge, to stop the cycle uh, that are calling for reconciliation. Some organization like Combated for Peace, like the Family Circle, like Breaking the Silence, has been doing it for decades. So it's not just something that I, definitely not I started or in October the 7th. And those organizations are doing an amazing job in uh, building trust and in uh, building bridges and reconciliation. So uh, the, the, the least we can do, and now I'm also involved, unfortunately and tragically, we can just support those individual and organization that are calling for reconciliation. You know, I mean, in the last few weeks, I've been blown away by interviewing some, some of the some of the Israelis are talking about actually breaking the silence for my IDF soldier who fought in Gaza in 2014, a IDF, a, a refusenik, a brilliant young woman, but also um, standing together, which brings together, yeah. of course, Jewish and Palestinian citizens of Israel. Um, so many, you know, Betzalem, a human rights organization. I mean, what I'm wondering about, you know, it's this, sometimes it's, you know, as you get older, you realize how cliches, what you you think of cliches, why, why there's more wisdom sometimes than, than maybe you think. But, you know, there's that cliche, if, if we're caught, we bleed the same way. But, you know, when we understand many of the horrors which are committed, that what should be a basic way of looking at humanity breaks down, doesn't it? People stop seeing each other as human beings. They stop seeing. So we, so many were killed, obviously, in 7th of October, and so many, many more have done. Oh, and I have a present for the, I have a present. Oh. My daughter made me a sushi for lunch. Oh, please. Yes. De yeah. Oh, look at that. Delicious. <laughs> Hello. Hello, by the way. Very nice to meet you. Oh, sushi. 
I was actually going to have sushi myself. So obviously both sushi aficionados. That looks it looks oh. like particularly delicious sushi, I have to say. It is. <laughs> and yeah. hope, hopefully sustenance as well for the interview. <laughs> Hello, to, what's, your, what's your daughter called, if you don't mind me asking? My daughter's name is Eden, ah, like Eden. the Garden of Eden. Oh, very nice. And you've got yes. three, three children. Three, Liad, Dor, and Eden. And how old are they all? 18, 16, and 12. Oh, nice. That's, oh, yes. I remember being, well, I'm not going to ask, but <laughs> I just remember being a you know, somewhat grumpy teenager occasionally. But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you have a different approach in your family. I don't know. Um, yeah, that point about humanity, about, about you know, because... And I'm sure we'll get to this point at the end. The only way there'll be a lasting peace is an acceptance that this land belongs to both Jews and Palestinians and, <laughs> and has to be shared. But just that point about seeing shared humanity, because that seems to have broken down. You know, I mean, we see now, as you say, I mean, I watched yesterday um, footage of a group of Palestinians um, walking, waving white flags. Um, in Gaza, and then a mother, a woman holding a child's hand, and then she was shot dead, um, and the child ran away. And I just looked at that and thought, something's broken there in terms of humanity, hasn't it? You know, you, that soldier wasn't looking at that person in the way that you look at fellow humans in Palestine. So just in, in Gaza. So I'm just wondering how important that is about that humanity, because that's clearly what your parents taught you. I can see that very clearly. Okay. It's it's very tough and, and difficult and deep subject. It's not a question that you raised. It's it's, but what uh, uh, bring hope to me is historical uh, historical events, starting with a Mount Sinai event. The the. Uh, People of Israel just been uh, fled from uh, Egypt, and uh, uh, Moses in going is going up the mountain for forty days, uh, and he's meeting God, and he's receiving the Ten Commandment. While Moses is up on the mountain, the people of Israel, the common people, but also the leadership, are building a calf of gold. And also, it's just few days after God spoke to them, to the to the people of Israel, and they are building a calf of gold, and they are dancing and worshiping this calf of gold. And this is where we are now. The people are dancing and worshiping, worshiping the calf of war, of hate, of fear, and we, it's we, just just Owen and Maoz, and standing together, breaking the silence. We, there are many, many people that are on the mountain and receiving the 10 modern commandments of equality, of justice, of security, of solidarity, of you shall not revenge, you shall respect your enemies. And now we go, we'll need to uh, embark on a shared exodus, a shared, a shared exodus of peace. And I think and, uh, that if we'll be effective, we'll work together and building coalition and allies for peace, this exodus is not going to last 40 years. It will, last, it will take us four to six years to reach, uh, to reach a peace between the, uh, the river to the sea. 
and I'm also uh, as uh, we were as the Shiva we were morning and the first day uh, we had a visit from my uh, a survivor from Nativa Asara, a neighbor of my parents. She came to the first day and the second day and then on the third day, she WhatsApp me, Maoz, it's everything what that's happening is too overwhelming. I had to go to find a, a safe place to my body and soul. And I'm speaking to you from Berlin now. So if a survivor from Nativa Sara can find, find shelter in Berlin only eight years, 80 years after the Holocaust. So I'm sure we can find a way between Israelis and Palestinians to overcome, to overcome all the horror and the uh, injustice and uh, the misery we we made to each other. And if we were doing this uh, talk in the uh, by at the end of 1945, we can do it in Paris, we could do it in Brussels, in Berlin, or in London. And we will speak that in 20 years, 40 years from now, there will be a EU, European Union that you will, you will be able to cross. There will be no borders, literally. There's go, going to be only one currency. So we, if people would listen to us, they say, those two guys are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. So we, it has been done before. Reconciliation between nations, between tribes, between people has been done before. And we need to start doing it now. Every, every minute that is passing and th that the war is still on and the, and, uh, and the blood. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And innocent people still losing their life, it's too late. We must start it now. I mean, on that, I'm just, I'm just curious or interested and I'm desperately always looking for hope, obviously, in this particular nightmare. But in terms of, because you said there are these other voices and, you know, as I said, you know, you mentioned breaking the silence. For those who don't know, they're, that's uh, former Israeli soldiers who... Yeah, yeah, I know. I know very good. Oh, no, 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 not to you. So that's to explain to the audience. Ah, so you, no, you know. no, no, no. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, lecture you on something you know no. far better than myself. I can learn more. 
no, yeah. no. It's just uh, people people listening might not they might not know about these organisations. So just for those listening, oh, yeah, breaking sure. the silence, uh, which you referred to as uh, Israeli soldiers um, who fought. Uh, very courageous. I've, I've interviewed um, uh, Ariel Bernstein, who was who was one of them. But I'm just interested because you know, like for example, yes, I just we see these clips on Israeli television, and one was the an Israeli minister, the minister of heritage, who's a far right extremist, and he, you know he was he was talking about how um, he joked about how uh, they were renovating uh, the homes of Gaza, um, and the presenters just laughed along uh, hysterically. Uh, talking about obviously destroying, leveling homes, and and that was they were joking it was housing renovation, and it was just you know quite astonishing to watch the, the fact that not only would a minister who's actually a minister say that and that not be a scandal, but the TV presenters laugh along with it. So I'm just wondering, just how many like yourself when you speak out, is it hard? I mean, are you facing huge amounts of backlash, pressure, anger, that kind of thing? So. Uh, it's amazing. I, I will start with, with the Shiva. Okay, what gave me so much hope? First, for the last 20 years, I've been building bridges, building initiatives, partnership with uh, Israel, uh, with Palestinian, with uh, Israeli ID, with Palestinian in the West Bank, with Jordanian and with Egyptian. So I, I personally, I've been proving that it can be done. You can build partnership between Israelis and Palestinians, between Jews and Arabs. And the amount of condolences we received from October the 7th till now from Palestinians, from, from the Arab world, from people who never met us, but also from our uh, uh, existing partner, was overwhelming. Was overwhelming. And we have done, uh, because it's also for Palestinian within Israel, again, it's a different topic, but they are uh, being oppressed and unable uh, to, uh, to uh, speak freely or post freely. If a Palestinian Israeli ID will post that is crying for the children in Gaza, he might be arrested. And they were also afraid to come uh, to pay their condolences. They were afraid. So we said, we're going to do a, a, a wake ceremony in Nazareth, the largest Palestinian city within Israel, to my parents who were killed by the Hamas. Hundreds of Palestinians came, hundreds, from uh, uh, any, many that we know, but some of that we didn't. But just they care to come and pay their condolences. And the amount of solidarity we received. So I feel I'm obliged to show the same solidarity with my Palestinian friends. And I've been talking and meeting many, many Palestinian activists in the last three months. And what uh, Hamze Awaude, if you haven't spoke to him or follow him, I highly recommend to everyone to do so. Hamze Awaude said, hope is something we need to create. It's something we need to work to make it to make hope. It's not something that will come or will sleep in the go to sleep and in the morning we'll have hope. So this was his first uh, uh, phrase that I keep using, and his second was that he's willing, is forgiving for the past. He is forgiving for the present, but he won't forgive for the future. 
if we want to make the future a better future for our children and for ourselves. So those two phrases are very encouraging and built a lot of hope in me. So this is, you know, I, I don't, I think I didn't answer your question, <laughs> but it was very important to me. Just this is the way I'm thinking. We are making hope and we are willing to forgive for the past and the present. And I also, this you ask about the Israeli uh, minister. Oh, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's, it's, a, it's a catastrophe. But like I I'm willing to forgive those who killed my parents. I'm also willing to forgive the Israeli government. And this is much more difficult for me because I, I see them as accountable for what happened on October 7th. Hamas was doing what is expected from a terrorist organization to kill innocent people. This is the, the outcome when you, are, you, are, you have a terrorist organization. This is what they are doing since, terror, I don't know, for many years or centuries. But the government and the state should protect its citizens. And when the state is not being able to, to deliver, then they are accountable. But I'm, I'm willing to forgive about the past, but I won't forgive about the future. And when governments in, in Europe, the US and others are supporting the Israeli government, and it's mostly I'm talking about uh, Germany and the US, they are our biggest allies, but unfortunately, our biggest enemies. Because if we we'll continue and this government will stay in power, it will mean the end to the state of Israel as we know it. And the catastrophe for everyone, Israelis and Palestinians, will just be in numbers or in a, in a, in a way that we can, this we cannot imagine. And... and for uh, the U.S. to send us military aid or to veto a, 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 a declaration in the uh, Security Council, it's something that is uh, is is it? It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that President Biden and the Chancellor of Germania are supporting the government, the extremist ever government in Israel. And I suppose for you, I mean, it must feel quite, I don't even know what the words are, that I suppose the US government or the German government would be saying, we're doing this for people like you. No, you no, 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 I would say it's, a, it's against people like me. I would tell them with every dollar or euro you're investing in military aid, please invest two euro in peace initiatives, in shared society initiatives in uh, shared classrooms, shared uh, uh, civil organization, in, in the civil society. Don't send us weapon. Don't send us weapon. Don't send us bomb. And they could say to Israel, stop, stop the war. And they can force us like they've done uh, in other places, even if it's through sanction or through other diplomatic tools they could for, uh, they can force a solution and yes hamas need to be uh, uh, taken off of uh, overpowered should be uh, 
we should release the people in Gaza and in Israel from the Hamas. But Hamas is also an ideology and is a, also a, a political and military uh, a for, a force. But we must, we, the only way to kill this ideology will be by hope, by a better future. Because if we won't give future to the Hamas, his successor will be much more uh, extreme. And this is what Israel has been doing all, all the time. They have been weakening the Palestinian Authority. And then they are supporting Hamas. So now they, are, they will weaken Hamas and they will support another extremist uh, organization that will fight uh, over power with Hamas. It's striking, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's, it's under-discussed, but, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu has made it clear, and, you know, Haaretz, the Israeli newspaper, made this clear, that they that he had sought to divide the Palestinian national movement, uh, bolster Hamas at the expense of, um, for example, Fatah, so you have a divided West Bank and Gaza, and then you say, well, you have no partner in peace to negotiate with, not Hamas, and then in the West Bank, they can't represent all Palestinians. So, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? That that, that narrative of, I suppose, the, the, the relationship between Benjamin Netanyahu and, and, and Hamas is not often discussed. So as the war is uh, supporting and serving both of them. Because as long as the war continue, Netanyahu, from the uh, internal politics, have an excuse to stay in his in power because you don't change the, the notion that you don't change prime minister during a war and you uh, investigate just after. But the war will continue forever if this will be the notion. And if you get support, finance and military support from uh, uh, countries like the US and Germany. So they are basically, uh, and, and also you ask about how, how is it for me to, to, what's the reaction I get? So I must tell you, it's amazing. It's it's I get an amazing reaction if it's in the supermarket, if it's in the train, if it's every public uh, event that I'm going. Some people, many people, just come and hug me and tell me, Maoz, we want to join you in in, in your peace entrepreneurium. We want to join you. What, where can we list? What should we do? We want to join you in making hope. This is the, uh, the majority of the people I meet. Some would say, we admire you for your bravery in telling what you think and beliefs, but we think you are wrong. Uh-huh. So I don't, I, 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 and those are the, between those two reactions, uh, uh, those are the reaction I'm, I'm receiving. And I've been approached also by many, if it's delegation, from overseas, of youth groups, of philanthropic groups, of diplomats, and also from people within Israel. If it's a, a, like a gap year a program, if it's a, like public events about activism, about the day after, and tomorrow I will meet a, a, a community in Haifa, educational community shared by Israelis and Arabs called Yad Beyad, one of six communities in Israel, education system from infant to uh, eighth grade. So I'm just going to meet the community 
sharing, basically to do the same talk we are doing here. And what I'm, what I'm going to tell them is that I came here, came to meet them because they are making hope. They, they, are, uh, they are the evidence that Jews and Arabs can live together, live together in equality. And I suppose that was my final question, really, which is because you said, I think it's a really wonderful way of putting actually you can forgive the, the past and the present, but, but not the future. Um, and as I've said, this land belongs to Jews and Palestinians. And mm -hmm. that, that acceptance is, you know, neither is going anywhere, has to be the basis for what happens next. But many people will look at this and think that prospect is further away than ever and obviously at the moment we hear you know loud calls to ethnically cleanse gaza altogether those who survive so what hope you know why should those of us looking at the moment at unbelievable horror which is obviously very you know people are, can see this every day now and they think from the outside they think well, there's no hope here at all you just see it seems hopeless so what you know you encapsulate a possible different future you do but you know, we need a lot more people like yourself, don't we? I mean, so I'm just wondering how, you know, what meaningful hope should we think that that prospect is is one one day realizable? Uh, I'm looking to it from the entrepreneur point of view. The bigger the crisis, the highest the potential, and uh, um, there is the potential, and it's a, it can be a turning point in history that it can be a turning point of history. It's the first time that Israel lost in a battle. It's the first time, okay, that lost in a battle. So it's the first time Israelis are also a victim. This is why it's, it's since the Holocaust. So this is why also the trauma in Israel is so big. It's, it's, it's impossible or very difficult to describe how much the Israelis are in fear now. Exactly like the Palestinian, but now for the first time, Israeli also are in, in, a, in, a, a, in a great fear. But we can make it to a turning point in history because first it's in the uh, world attention. What's the, uh, the extreme occupation? Some would say Me Too, apartheid in the West Bank, the siege uh, over Gaza. That has been going on for again 15 years, yeah. and they're suffering. We are what is understood and agreed now that the status quo is not sustainable. We, it would not continue this way. And we also agree the common, the the logical and uh, realistic people that this the Palestinian Israelis would continue to live between the sea and the river. And now, so if we take those two, uh, so now we there is only one, one option that we live here in peace and with a diplomatic agreement. And because like people, uh, the individual like Hamza Awawde <coughs> and uh, Aziza Busara, an organization like we named before, we are working so hard and we are building hope, we are creating hope, we are building it. And like exactly why it's so important to me to speak to you with the international intervention and with your pressure and we need to work together to choose humanity to put pressure of government 
of uh, opinion uh, leaders uh, and support the, the uh, reconciliation and peace movement in Palestine and Israel. And we need your support and amplify, amplifier to reach the governments, to reach all organization and stakeholder. And it's possible. Like, and again, it's if you, and if we look to history, well, it's, it's been done before. I, and I already stated in 73 war, six years after peace between Israel and Egypt, 45 after the second world war and the Holocaust, the EU is now, is is now the the way Europe is being uh, uh, arranged politically, so we've done it in the past. We should, we can, and will do it in the future. And the future is in our hand. The future is in our hand, and it's up to us how we'll play with the cards that with the new hand that was given to us on October the seventh. Maz, it's been such. Um an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to you. I think everyone listening and watching this will be hugely inspired by what you said, not least given the horror, the huge trauma. And it, that that does need to be said. You know, it was something which, again, most of us will find very hard to properly understand the gravity of what you suffered. But to hear that message of, of hope and of peace, um, I think is extremely courageous leadership on your part. I think history will be very kind to say the least. But I think you it's infectious what you're saying. And I think, uh, you know, you, you have an infectious optimism about you, um, which I hope do, does spread to people because that's the only way we're going to get a lasting peace. But, you know, it's been a huge honour. Um, so for those watching, listening, do share this video. It's so important. The least we can do is elevate the voice of Maris and make sure that message is heard loud and clear. Do like and subscribe. But Maris, it's been such an honor. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's, again, I thank you again. And uh, I would love and I need this continued dialogue starting between you and, and, and myself and many, many others and between your audience to Palestinian, Israeli peace activists. We, ne- we need you and together we'll, uh, we'll achieve this uh, uh, and it's it shouldn't take too long and shouldn't take too long amen peace